Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park They're literally piling dead people on a cart. How can you not do bring out your dead? Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer. I'm joined this week by Jonathan Watkins. I am here. And Danae Hughes. Hi. We write for the CinemaSins and TV Sins channels and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Why isn't it called Sinsverse? Because you didn't name it. Oh, okay. Okay, you guys have to explain this to me. Are are the people who watch the YouTube, are they called Sinners? I mean... (laughs) I'm confused, but anyway, do the, the fans, have they never had like a behind the scenes look before? Is this like the first time we're really talking about it? Because in the intro, Aaron, you said like, it's the first time, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh. No, really, the as far as I can tell, the most inside look that the Sin universe has had into kind of what goes on behind the scenes is just the Sin cast, is just when occasionally on the Sin cast they'll mention something that's going on or, you know, something that happened on Twitter or those kind of things. They're, they've been pretty, Jonathan, you can correct me on this because you've worked uh, for them longer than yeah. I have. They keep it pretty tight-lipped, you know, they just kind of want to go about their business, do their thing, and produce hilarious content content for people to laugh at and so it's kind of like you know especially with some of the backlash i think too yeah just kind of keeping those doors closed has just been the drama yeah we just keep doing our work is that fair to say jonathan yeah yeah for sure we did those um we did the comic con panels at wizard world yeah that's the only time i can even think of other than when they've talked on the podcast occasionally like you said uh those are the only times i can think of where they've really delved into it at all okay okay so so follow-up question why let the new people (laughs) peek why 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 put us in the position of the tour guide because there's an unofficialness to it right like it's it's kind of part of the fun we're doing yeah yeah (laughs) we can't be in trouble right part of the fun of it is like you know we're just we're like sneaking behind the boss's back and being like you know hey this is what i saw but we just talked about how we don't want to lose our job <laughs> so what are the rules are there That's any true. rules well they but i will say they listen they will listen to every single episode before it goes live so yeah i'm sure oh, okay Phew. there will be a gatekeeper okay good just in case we do say something are are we releasing the picture of jeremy's ass <laughs> that's my question because that was the all that was what he was concerned about on twitter i mean the main thing they're very tight-lipped they don't want you to give away upcoming stuff but oh, okay. other than that i think we're pretty good yeah okay then guys prepare yourself we're For gonna the, talk the about coming we're gonna talk about jeremy's ass and spreadsheets <laughs> it's gonna be awesome um I, when he tweeted that you know as a joke about behind the sins yeah 
I was like, you don't know, man. We went to college together. Like, you don't know. I may actually have a picture somewhere. Who knows? What does that say about you? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a fair I point. See it. <laughs> I'm oh, good. But back in college, you would have had to have had a film camera. Oh, yeah. We'd, we'd have had to get that one developed. That's not one where you can do like the sneaky, sneaky under the stall picture. No, no, no. Here's, here's, here's what would have happened. I'm almost sure of it in 90s college. He would have taken that picture on a camera that of, of mine that I didn't know about. Then when I got the pictures developed, it would be like, whose butt is this? No, that's, that's, yeah. That was the prank in the day. And then it would have been so funny. You both would have run over and found the closest Xerox machine. <laughs> and you would have just Xeroxed your butts. Yeah. Pasted them everywhere around your college. That was the height of hilarity in the late 80s and early 90s. Oh, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a TV studio at that college? No, uh, they do now. They were just kind of okay. developing that stuff. But the radio station there was where Jeremy and I met, actually. Well, we met in the communications department, but the uh, we both worked at the radio station there, and they had a great radio station. That's kind of why both of us kind of ended up enjoying broadcasting and, and that kind of stuff. So. Oh, that's cool. So. And, and that's behind the scenes of, of how... It- Aaron and Jeremy met. We're already well, doing it. <laughs> well, Chris and I already knew each other, but we went to college together, and we basically we just goofed around at the TV station. You and Chris uh, did, yeah. But we met in high school. Um, I think he talked about this at Sin Week, but uh, I was dating a girl that went to his high school, and uh, he was friends with her. So that's how we we met when we were like sixteen. Oh, nice. Danae, where did you and Barrett go to college? Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, I did not go to college. <laughs> I didn't have the um, fortitude, the mental fortitude, the patience, the interest, or the respect of my elders of any kind at but that you, time. But you did graduate from high school. I did. Despite your best efforts. I did not want to graduate from high school. <laughs> I just wanted to flip everybody off and climb out windows and sneak out, which I did successfully many times. <laughs> That's a little bit of me. No, I came into the soup because of you. But who do, who's missing? Is it Barrett that's missing? Because, okay, so Jonathan knew Chris. Chris. So Barrett, okay, so Barrett and I actually went, we both went to the same school K through 12, but he is four years behind me. You can't see this, but Danae is in real time doing the Venn diagram, like minority <laughs> report style with her hands. <laughs> <laughs> it does That's look funny. like that. I'm trying to piece together this, but I don't understand where Barrett fell in. Well, Barrett, I think Barrett knew Chris and Jonathan just from yeah, being in the Barrett same area. Chris through me. Chris and Barrett they didn't like not, each they other. They were not good friends initially. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I hate Barrett. Uh, Chris flat <laughs> out said at the Sins Week that he hated him. So. Oh, <laughs> Well, let's just be clear. I've never met him, and I'm joking. <laughs> Please don't fire me. Okay. We should actually get into the show, probably. Okay. Although that's a lot of great... I think that's like great information. That's a good place to start. Uh, this is going to be a ton of fun. We're going to start uh, with the Sinside Scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. This is just kind of what's going on in the Sins universe. So look at the videos from the week, the process of sinning them, how we felt about the uh, the show or movie in general, that kind of stuff. So let's start last Monday when Seinfeld Sins dropped on TV Sins. Uh, now, all of us wrote on this. So this will be a fun one. Jonathan, what are your some of your thoughts on the process of writing Sins for Seinfeld? Sitcoms for me have been the most difficult probably we've only done a couple have we done anything other? well we did simpsons and friends and we did in friends. the office yeah, friends was the one i was thinking of um i don't know i don't know why and especially with seinfeld because it's literally a show about nothing 
Um, this is a it's a terrible episode, by the way. <laughs> it really is. It's so bad. Every choice they make is pretty awful. And we should talk about the fact that they actually did change some of that stuff when they re-released the pilot, because I think Seinfeld pilot actually aired like a year or half a year before the show actually started. And then they re aired the pilot again in a different format. But yeah, f- because that it was released like in uh, summer of 89 yeah. when I read that it first aired. Um, and we should also talk about all three of us had different versions of it. Yeah. So we kind of had to figure out like what we're doing. Cause <laughs> I think, I think we all ended up, um, well, it, I should say, Jonathan, you and I, Ended up going off the the Seinfeld Chronicles version, which was the original version of the pilot. Yeah, I didn't know that it was called Seinfeld Chronicles until the email came through from, I think it was you, Aaron, yeah. going, hey, guys, so I'm noticing that there's different versions. Here's the one that I'm working off of, which is important because of timestamps. Yeah. We have to, you know, when we find a sin, something that's interesting, obviously, we have to note exactly the time that it is for editing and everything. And so for all working off of different copies that's not smart so then i was panicking going oh no which one do i have and yeah i had i had a different one than both you guys did yeah because you had the one with the new music it had the actual uh bass riff instead of whatever that weird synthesizer stuff in the original one was i, I missed all that i didn't um, hear any of that the intro is very different uh because they don't because it doesn't say the seinfeld chronicles it says seinfeld and mine was like reversed yeah, where you know Jerry was facing a different direction when he was doing his stand-up. Yeah. So I was oh, that's interesting. I was really worried that when I turned my script in, it was just not going to be even usable, and I send the snot out of that episode. <laughs> you were the MVP on the Seinfeld episode <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think I think ninety percent of the sins we used were yours, Danae. I'm not even kidding because like Jonathan no, I and think I, so because Aaron and I both were like, I have like fifteen sins <laughs> and. How many did I have? I don't remember. You had 35 to 40. You had double what we we had. It was, it was, that one came real easy to me. That's when I know that my personality, this part of my personality uh-huh. will continue to grow and flourish. In that moment, I'm like, yeah, I got this. I'm like, <laughs> just cruising through. One of my well, I think it's funny too, because uh, Aaron and I typically don't just say like, oh, I hate this. But uh, I've noticed Danae will write that. I Like, uh, what was it? Uh, Handmaid's Tale was the oh, one. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's funny too, because I didn't realize you were on that or I just had forgotten. And I was thinking, I was like, I thought Aaron liked this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that show. I have never been that angry watching anything. I I was seriously. I actually had to call Aaron a couple of times and calm this down. This is true. This is true. I had to talk her down. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to get us off track. Oh no, no, that's, that's okay. That's fun stuff because we don't have a, an episode of behind the scenes for that's true. That's for that true. stuff. So feel Let's free to start at the beginning. So, <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh God, Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, no, I, I literally had to talk Danae back into writing sins. Like she was like, I'm done. I'm out. I don't want to watch that does happen occasionally. I actually, Uh, you have, you have stuff that breaks you. I Um, did. Okay, good. You have that happen too. Oh, you know, it it, it happens a lot. Yeah. I remember when I was texting Aaron on Handmaid's Tale, I said, how do you, this, this is so boring. How do you send a piece of toast? And he goes, (laughs) that's a sin. (laughs) I was like, oh crap. Right. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> but on Seinfeld, I was one thing I did want to ask. I can't remember. They did eventually quit doing the stand up, right? Because that's I, the, I so. never liked that. I don't. I remember. think it 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 went away almost altogether, if not altogether. Did um, it? yeah, like in the later seasons, it certainly wasn't sixty percent of the episode like it was in the pilot. Oh my God, I think that was the part that killed me. I mean, it and and well, and in that episode in particular, what he was his stand up routine was terrible. So well, and that's the thing. I think it's hard because you're going back you know, all these years and realizing that some things that were humorous in a era or in the season mm-hmm. are yeah. just not any longer. And so I found myself going, did anyone really find this that f-? I couldn't, I didn't, I well, couldn't really stand ups very different right. now. Um, just like anything else. I mean, it changes. And I think Seinfeld was kind of on the cusp of, of a change, but he was still using some of that old school, like, uh, you know, I've, I've, I had to fly all the way from Vegas and my arms are tired. You know, he was still yeah. kind of, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't quite doing that, but he also wasn't, but he was also kind of trying to stick to some of that just to, you know, I'm sure to yeah. create some familiarity with audiences and whatever. I send um, every single time on every one of his standups, he, he made these absolute statements and I send every one of those because it's like, I, I just don't like absolute statements. I guess. Well, the, so, you, yeah. You, one of my favorites was, um, I assume that was you that, uh, you can actually talk to women. Oh, that was yeah. actually in the show though. That <laughs> he, wasn't in the, that yeah. wasn't in the stand up. but he makes the comment yeah. about, um, but did you write the thing about, um, the, where he said, uh, all men want is women. Yes. Or was that Aaron? Okay. No, that was Danae. Yeah, that was great. Pretty much if it was a great joke in the Seinfeld script, <laughs> it was Danae. That, that's my shining beacon I right now. I don't even remember a single thing I wrote that's terrible, but uh, yeah. Uh, my favorite was the blood on the clothes that you wrote. Uh, oh, yeah. I just thought that because I had thought about, you know, why is that such a like blood does get on clothes? That happens like you cut yourself or whatever. But then a woman would think, of course, blood gets on clothes regularly, you know? regularly, cyclically. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that line was great. Or you're just like awesome. or a girlfriend or and, a girlfriend. And you know what? I actually gave you a note on that, right? Where I was yeah. like, hey, do we need to make this more explicit for the ignorant dudes who have no idea what you're talking about? And, and no, it's more beautiful when you have to think about it for a second as a man and be like, oh, yeah. The only other thing I wanted to mention about Seinfeld is Noah Lane. Uh, and I think the episode feels it like she I think people take for granted how she was the glue to that show. I thought she was going to be the love interest on the phone. And oh, I was like, really? maybe yeah. her name is Laura in the first episode. And then like, because I don't well, remember yeah, how they Kramer's met. was Kessler or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. But now oh, and speaking of which, you know, this is just one of those byproducts of after the fact. But looking at Michael Richards is hard. Yeah. Just, He's been through some just, stuff. Yeah. Is, that, is that the so, guy that plays Kramer, Kramer or okay. Kessler, whichever one, <laughs> whichever one you want to say. Uh, let's move on to the princess and the frog. Yeah, um, this that. is a fascinating one to watch the comments on uh, because Barrett and I send this. This was a Dicer Share uh, script. And I, we both thought this movie was awful. Like, I, I still think I can't believe it, it. To me, it's a testament to nostalgia because I think a lot of the people in the comments who love it were kids when they watched it growing up. And just, you know, and so the music means something to them. Yeah. But yeah. that was the main thing. We both thought the music in this was bland, forgettable you know awful so we did some sins about that stuff and man do people love these songs <laughs> and and us going after uh keith david singing is just like that pe- was actually which we'll get to that later but that was yeah i noticed that in the comments um uh, people love their hilarious. keith david man and i don't blame him you know he's he's a he's a great dude he's a great voice actor like he does great yeah. stuff it's one of those you you go to and it's like there are some 
that people love that we also love when we sin. And you can kind you can kind of tell a little bit um, through sin removals, those kind of things. Right. And so fans of that are like, hey, I love this movie and I love the way you send it. Right. But it's when it's one they love that they can tell we actually don't like. You know, at the end of the day, uh, there's a little different, you know, tone in the comments. But what I love is most of our fans, genuinely, most of our fans are still funny about it. Right. You know, they're they're still cracking jokes. The, The comments for this one were really funny. I was curious. I actually thought you liked it. For those that don't know that are listening to this, Aaron has another podcast called Sif Pop. Yes. And I remember you and your partner in crime over there uh, did a, you ranked the uh, Disney princesses. Were we ranking the movies the princesses were well, in or just I, the princesses themselves? I'm this, maybe you were actually just ranking more or less the, the princesses. Because I remember there was a whole conversation about Aladdin. Because yeah, I remember really that too. Jasmine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Tiana's a fine princess. Like, I mean, she's... Oh, I, yeah, for sure. I actually like what, what they were trying to do with her. But the movie around her is not great. And by the way, I may have liked this movie more before I actually yeah. watched it with well, that happens. a discerning eye. When you start eye. dissecting these a little bit, uh, your your opinions change. There's definitely been movies I thought I liked more. Uh, Scream 2 is a, is, a, is a huge example of a movie that, I mean, I praise often and i still do in some areas but when chris and i did that a couple years ago and i started really thinking about it i was like "Ooh, this movie isn't very good what you're describing aaron reminds me of lilo and stitch oh yeah where and i wonder because you know being the new person and not having a ton of videos behind me to kind of go off of right i remember having to like ask you because i wrote on lilo and stitch like is everybody okay because you know (laughs) you're you're sending a movie that's from childhood that has so much nostalgia. And so it's almost like even though clearly something is happening that's not okay, they're going to defend it because they understand the character or they related to the character. Right. So kind of like you're describing Princess and the Frog. I'm having flashbacks to Lilo where the comment section was gold because it's like the fans are like, you know, triggered. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and that is, that is another thing. I mean, because when did Lilo and Stitch come out? Was that like 2002, maybe? And then Princess somewhere around the there. Fr- yeah. So, I mean, I was 26. It would be really interesting to, you know, somebody that was actually like nine or 10 when these movies came out or even like six or seven to have them. You know, I'm curious what their sins would be like. Yeah. Uh, in Princess and the Frog, I was even older. Yeah, that was uh, 2009 was Princess and the Frog. Yeah. 2002 was Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Yeah, so Princess and the Frog, I mean, I I don't dislike it, and I, I do like Tiana, although I don't like that she's a frog for uh, well, the majority of the movie. And here's the thing. Here's the where this movie really suffers. I want to see this movie without the love story. The love story kills this movie. I agree. Be- but, but wasn't this before Disney started to kind of break away from the, yes. a forced love story? Oh, yes. Absolutely. So I think this You may- have to have it in there. Kind I, of a thing. Exactly. And I think this may be part of the reason they did, um, because th- maybe they didn't like it either. I don't know. But I'm watching it back. Like, it is so forced. And it is counter to what they're trying to say about her. And the character she falls in love with is an absolute jerk the entire time you guys you guys point that out very well so that for me is the main thing with this movie and the main reason i came away really disliking it is just like this movie without the love story could be really fascinating and really interesting and you could even make it more like something like brave yes um, something along those lines or even like frozen um and there is a love story in frozen so maybe that's not a good example but i was thinking more of the adaptation of the story itself and you could have done something like that with tiana's character well you could have even here's the thing you could have even taken the the 
jerk frog character and end up having him matched up with the uh, the ditzy friend character, right? Like, and have their flaws oh, yeah. come together. someone who doesn't matter? <laughs> well, no, I'm yeah. saying two, two flawed people who come together and, and then we can imagine in life are going to help each other, you know, work through their flaws or whatever. You know, but to create this beautiful princess who is self-assured is going to do this thing to honor her dad and build this restaurant or whatever and then just fall you just falls in love with this guy who's a complete jerk to her i just the the whole thing just reads completely wrong to me but no matter what you do you you're messing with someone's childhood (laughs) that's right there was a comment um again sorry lilo and stitch comment but it was that's fine uh cinema sins everything wrong with lilo and stitch so we'll just insert everything wrong with princess and the the frog people with childhood say we don't do that here (laughs) and that's how that is how the comment section is and i think that that's just is always going to be i wonder if every single time you guys do or we do i guess i can say we yeah you can (laughs) um do a animated disney type movie i wonder if we're it's just going to be people are like, no, you cannot go to this place. This is the this is the show that took me away from my life when I was a kid, and I yeah. got to like dream. You can't just go in and sin it. Yeah, there's, right. there's nothing and, wrong. <laughs> and I don't I don't know about you guys, but I particularly enjoy the most when I get to do a movie that I love. Yeah, um, my- I find that fun. I don't know if that translates to all the viewers. Right. Uh, but I think it does a lot because you see comments like that. Like this, this, you know, even though I love this movie, I still love you guys or that was a lot of fun or whatever. Actually, my spec script that I wrote for Cinema Sins when they were thinking about having me be a writer was La La Land, which is one oh, of my yeah. my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and I loved that experience, both because it was one of my favorite movies and also because I was trying this kind of cool new thing. And like thinking about it from a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, I love I love sending movies that I love. Like that's, I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I got to because I really enjoyed doing uh, the original Halloween. That's always been one of my favorite horror movies. That was really fun to do. Um, and then we did, uh, we did um, Arrival. We all did Arrival together. Yeah, that was really that, that was, was an interesting process. experience. The uh, whole uh, the whole team. Yeah, writing? it's called All Hands on Deck, and Chris oh. Chris will call All Hands on Deck for some movies that are that are very tight. Like there's not a lot of sin in them because they're done so well. And Arrival is one of those movies. And it was an interesting experience for me because it was my first All Hands on Deck, and I, my script was like 15 sins long. Like I couldn't find a ton. Um, and it was one of those things where I was like, wow, this this is actually like a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> What are we going to do? So let's send that it's yeah, perfect. Barrett, Barrett was the today in that situation because I think he was the one that actually had like a lot of sense. Yeah, I think Barrett had the big script on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Uh, all right. So that's Princess and the Frog. Also, the, the, the movie tries to use the line, it's not slime, it's mucus as like a big oh, emotional. That's, yeah, that's awful. Real quick, though. Yeah, you were talking. About, we didn't really talk about the music that much. But um, so it was the from the comments, I guess it was just the fact that it was like a jazz score. It was just that, so bland. Jazz. I, so I like the idea that they were doing jazz, but I didn't think they did a very good job with it. No, not at all. And no, none I, of the songs are memorable. Uh, let's move on to the music video sin for the week that popped uh, Wednesday. Uh, that was Taylor Swift. And Jonathan, you are the one that's most involved in those scripts. I think Barrett writes them, uh, yeah, but you Barrett, help Barrett kind of form is, them. Well, not, since we've gone down to uh, one a week, uh, which for, for those out there that love the music video sins, uh, Barrett is working on an amazing, I guess, sister kind of video channel to that, which I cannot wait to drop. 
Yeah, um, so I reviewed the video and everything and watched it watched it many times. It was another Taylor Swift, uh, you know, just throwing shade at people. Is that That's basically what she does now, right? Like, every song that seems like she comes out with is... Yeah. Here's one for my haters. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I thought you just exactly. did one for your but, haters. But she does make up with Katy Perry at the end. so Which is a big deal, guys. Tell us why that's a big deal, Because they had shade, okay? There's tea there. <laughs> was that tea spilt? <laughs> the, the tea was spilt, and now it has was been... Was it hot tea? It has been bounty, quicker picker-uppered, and then squeezed <laughs> back you know, into the appropriate drinking uh, device, and everybody's just... You know, having a good time. Well, and I remember that was that the MTV Video Music Awards that Katy Perry was hosting when they debuted the Taylor Swift song a couple years ago, and it was the it was the one that was pretty much all about how she hated Katy Perry. Boy, you are asking the wrong guy. Like I, I was, just well, I was mostly gearing that towards Danae. I didn't know if she remembered that. I don't. I don't know. That, <laughs> but I mean, but this was. I mean, just being involved in music video sense, I, I I guess I keep up with this stuff more and having a having a daughter uh, that listens to a lot of pop music. But I remember thinking that was kind of a damn moment. Um, I always have, whenever that happens, I always have like a, a Chris Tucker and Ice Cube from Friday pop in my head. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, she was actually, Katy Perry was hosting the award show. They premiered the, I can't think of the song. It was the big video from uh, Look What You Made Me Do or whatever. Uh, yeah, that was a weird one for me. There's a lot of Katy Perry shade in that song, so that was just kind of a weird. Uh, According situation. to who? <laughs> it's very awkward. Hey, let's make a gossip section of this podcast where we can just talk about like drama. Oh man, there's nothing less interesting to me I know. But, uh, than pop gossip. This was a this was a really this is a pretty entertaining video, and uh, Barrett and uh, the editors put together a really uh, really good pack. This has been one of my favorite MVSs. Uh, in the last couple months. Oh uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed yeah. this the sins in it. I I also kind of enjoy the song. The song's really catchy. Yeah, no, it's I mean, Taylor. I mean Taylor Swift. She's a she's an artist, man. She she knows what she's doing. Well, and she went all out on like the cameos in this video are insane. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ellen, RuPaul, uh, Laverne Cox, Ryan Reynolds. I love that uh, they all had like, their own and like, it's always campers. Just like a second, and... it's like how do you even get them? Yeah, because you're Taylor <laughs> you Swift. <laughs> you're taylor swift that's how i have been to a taylor swift concert i can say that how was that it was amazing <laughs> actually it sounds like that amazing oh, is she, i'm sure she's incredible no, it was it was actually to me incredibly impressive even though i didn't know if i wanted to enjoy myself and by the end i was fangirling and screaming wow. with everybody yeah. but it was it was really cool i think the there was this one moment where she um sang one of her original songs just her and a guitar so it was really simple and you could hear the entire you know auditorium just singing along with mm-hmm. and uh them the applause after that song lasted for probably five minutes and i don't know you don't i don't know taylor personally but she seemed to be getting very emotional because nobody would stop screaming and cheering for her it was like the city's opportunity in this moment to show this person love and gratitude or whatever. Yeah, you don't understand how much we love you. We're going to clap for 30 minutes. And so she just kind of kept like trying to talk and then the audience would just get louder. And so it looked like she started to kind of cry a little bit and her voice was shaky. I don't know if she was faking it, but I'm saying it was real in the moment. It was really powerful. But the um, just the stage, how it moved all of the you know videography and everything that was going the on production, the production value. of it, it was just really incredible yeah. the live music it was it was really really impressive yeah. i wonder how many people especially younger people i wonder how many people even realized she was just a country artist at one point because i don't know of anyone who's made a transition like this yeah once she had to fight for it too 
I, I know oh, yeah. that much because I got curious about her after the concert. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. She's doing something here that's yeah. not just like, you know. Well, it's totally different. Um, but Katy Perry also kind of made a huge transition. She did. The fact that I was getting her uh, her CDs at a Christian radio station. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. As Katie Hudson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she, Another one rejected by the church. Was she, yeah. was she popular, though? Was she a popular? Her, I song, mean, her song did okay. Until she kissed a girl. <laughs> well, right. no, I just, I was curious because, I mean, that's the, I guess that's more what I was saying. Like, I mean, Taylor Swift was an insanely huge. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's totally different. Yeah. It's a very different yeah. situation, but. Because you get a lot of that, like Tori Amos, uh, there's the, Tori Amos's first album is like, why can't Tori read? And it's basically like, uh, it's almost like, it's, I guess like metal piano is what you would call it. <laughs> what? Um, and she clearly went in a different and, and better direction. Uh, Ministry, one of their first albums is, is like pop love songs. I mean, it, it, you, you get a lot of stories like that. I just, yeah. I can't think of one where. Uh, they were that huge. But yeah, I always forget about the whole that her name's Kate Hudson. Yeah. Yeah, it's and fascinating that she stuff. Was a, that she was a Christian artist. The Chris, uh, you you guys must, or at least, I don't know how much you were in it, Danae, but I know, Aaron, your involvement in the Christian music scene. Yeah. I can't even imagine the stories. Uh, that's an interesting uh, genre. It it's wow yes that is That's the understatement, a statement. <laughs> that is the understatement of all understatements it is an interesting genre it's the only genre that is based on belief system you know what i mean like just think about that yeah. for a second right why is that a genre because <laughs> that that just adds so many weird and, things and if you're if you as a person even though if you do really incredibly inspirational music and and the belief system doesn't believe that you believe be- best, then you're kicked out of the artistry. <laughs> right, because you, you don't no believe longer, what we believe. You can no longer provide music to, to those people. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and, and you speak of those kind of things, and it's not like there's some stonecutters, you know, guild that's, you know, yeah. making those decisions, but it's just... It's yeah, it's, it's yeah, country music is like you don't believe in country. the, Amer- the American just, church is interesting in general. It is. <laughs> Let's just say that and move on <laughs> and move Living on. In, well, I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys are in the country in a country music area, too, I guess, aren't you? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, you know, right outside of Nashville. And uh, it's just the country music's got dedicated fans. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I think every you know, genre has dedicated like, you know, fans. Today's country isn't real country. And you know that yeah. Kind of, oh yeah, that's yeah. always yeah. But be it's case. different. It's different to say today's country isn't isn't my country uh, than it is to say you you're a bad person because you believe something differently than I do. You oh, know what no, I mean? No, it's 100%. a hundred percent. And, and you know, right now it's like the the rock is now like soft rock. Yeah, you know, they just you, they, you just keep kind of creating these genres to sort of describe different musical mm-hmm. experiences. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, re- well, it's so really fascinating. Weird, like at the Grammys, like who gets nominated for best rock now? Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's interesting. Kenny G. That's not my rock, Kenny G. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess Imagine Dragons is rock, but then I think back to like you know what I grew up with, like the Scorpions and stuff, and I'm right. like, that, that's a completely different thing. Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna they keep, all have their merits. But keep making just... labels. Well, I like Swift. I think she does decent stuff. No, she, and I'm, she's excellent. I like yeah, what there's... she says. So, All right, let's move on to uh, last week's final video, Paddington awesome. 2. Uh, this was a, a Dicer Scott joint. Uh, Jeremy and I wrote on this one. Um, and even just so you know a little bit more about the process, uh, there are a couple writers that write on each one. And then there is a review process that goes through note stages, those kind of things that more people chime in on. I thought that was called the combine process. Yeah, the combine process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but we'll ju- we're just mentioning the primary writers uh, on these things. And, and then there's a whole different set of notes and whatnot once once the video actually is 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 made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of the some of the guys, even though we are the primary TV sins writers, uh, mm-hmm. those also go through different point people from mm-hmm. Barrett. Chris and Jeremy and some of the sins in the TV sins videos are actually from them. So yeah, they'll add stuff. They'll add outtakes and mm-hmm. sins and all kinds of fun stuff. So let's talk about Paddington too. just some, uh, some this general thoughts. Delightful. Oh, it's so great. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, a- I don't know that it's great, but it is it. I mean, I don't know of another better term for a movie for these Paddington movies than delightful. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites. Um, I actually had a moment when I was writing where I was like, okay, can we do this thing where we have the very first movie end in negative sins? <laughs> Just like, you know, can we do this thing where the narrator like gets really flustered because he can't find stuff that's wrong with it? And I was like, no, that's not what we do here. Uh, but it is, it is just so good. There are so many sins in that video that are, that, that are just thrown to other things because like for instance i wrote one about the newspaper in that video the yeah. new the newspaper he's reading is perfect every single headline is hilarious there's actual articles under every single yeah. headline the pictures all you know all work the name of the newspaper is perfect it's so perfect and so the sin i wrote was basically here's a sin that nobody else does that you know what i mean so it's those are the kind of sins i found myself writing on paddington too and that's true that that's the, i think that's the one thing that i'd never noticed before until i did cinema sins is how crazy those newspaper article scenes are so. there, there's a great one to example this week with princess in the frog there were seven different sins about inaccuracies in that for for goodness sake that newspaper had different dates on the front page and the back page like how yeah. do you do that like that makes yeah. no sense because nobody stops to read it both of which were after mardi gras that year but all the articles are about mardi gras coming up like it's <laughs> yeah. just well and it's not even like like i would i mean i could i could i could totally understand like in a live action movie specifically like if you took an actual newspaper and then you just changed the headline right but they're clearly somebody but they're not doing that a lot of the time and clearly somebody and maybe sometimes it's even supposed to be that way on purpose like it's an end joke or who knows but it'll be like you know i mean whatever it'll be like you know pig wins state fair and then and then the article will be about like a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, um, it's true. You know, I mean, it's just it's weird stuff like that, and it's fake. I mean, it's like it's not even a real. Ser- I mean, it's fake. It's fake stuff that somebody wrote, you know, on purpose. In some of the sins, obviously, in something like this, are you know, obviously intentional to make the humor there, right? Like the joke. Like we, uh, another yeah. one of the sins I did was about the beauty. I mean, the pitch perfect timing joke of the pink uniforms. Oh, it's so good in this movie, and the cut to that is just divine. Like it is, it's pure comic timing. And but when you start to think about it, you're like, okay, what had to happen for all of these uniforms to be pink at the same time? Well, they all had to be in the same wash. Which means mm-hmm. that they couldn't have had anything else to wear that wasn't pink. So are they all walking around naked while they're washing all their uniform? You know what I mean? Like you start to think yeah. about when what and universe they do they have to the wear? Entire pink? movie, yeah, except for the the chef. Yeah, so it's 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 those kind of things. And I think that's a legitimate sin that you could talk about. But at the same time, it's perfect for the movie. Like it just that's it a works. part of my brain that I'm learning to kind of expand is 
first of all i'll watch something and maybe it's like i actually want to watch it so then i'm watching it and i'm like oh crap 30 minutes has gone by <laughs> yeah. and i'm not thinking about setting so then you kind of have to go back just like when you read a book or something and you yeah. gotta go back and you gotta kind of put your sins hat on yeah when i was when i was a teenager i was just hoping for 30 minutes to go by without thinking about sinning but go ahead (laughs) (laughs) a teenager huh (laughs) i don't know and i think a lot of the people especially the people that don't really watch the videos uh i think don't understand is that we're writing for a fictional character right uh the narrator is a fictional character so a lot of the times when it's a scene i enjoy a lot like the paddington scene i didn't write this but i would look at it like you did and I would be like, but what would the narrator say? Because right, the narrator exactly. complains about everything. Yeah, he's yeah. pedantic to the extreme. Yeah, that is the that's the fun part is like, okay, yeah. but what would the narrator say? Which in my mind is, you know, Jeremy's voice. It's right. not well, Jeremy the, the person. Well, the narrator is named Jeremy so yes. that you can understand the confusion. Yeah. And we so, even forget that sometimes when we're combining the scripts or reading somebody else's script, because I know like Barrett will be like, wow, I, I think I like this better than you. I'm like, no, I liked it fine. I was just like, I feel like this is what the narrator would say. Like, this yeah. isn't me talking. You know, sometimes we even forget that when we're reading each other's stuff. So do you uh, are you able to get into that mindset, Danae? It's getting easier. The other fun thing is, like you're talking about, you really enjoy the comedic timing of the pink suits. Yeah. And then you have to sort of force yourself to think more about how did this actually happen? Mm-hmm. Like, There's one that I'm working on right now for something I can't tell you about. Otherwise, I'll get fired because it's coming out <laughs> in the future. And I just learned that we can't do that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there's one that I'm working on now. And I just kind of watched it over and over again. I'm like, how did that actually get to this point you know mm-hmm. so then that's sort of fun it's right. not it's not picking something apart it's just thinking more about these little details to find yeah. things that are fun yeah. and it's harder sometimes to do in a movie that's just clipping along at a great pace yeah. and you're having a good time watching it yeah but i mean i mean that's this is the same thing i've always said you know movies sometimes movies sin because they're being a good movie like that's what movies have to do movies have to tell you a story in two hours like that's not easy to do you have to take shortcuts you have to do mm-hmm. this stuff so you know it's 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 so a it's really like, interesting it's a part process of it is you're having fun with it it's not like oh let's find something wrong with this movie mm-hmm. it's like i mean something sometimes things are just blatantly wrong sure yes but a lot of times it's not that it's just Handmaid's having Tale fun flashing through oh, head <laughs> god i hated that thing so much I'm so sorry, those who well, love that. And but. even when you say blatantly wrong, I mean, it's like literal, like using literal in the correct way. I mean, like I remember when we were doing Shaft, like the Barrett and I wrote the, the that already came out, right? Yeah. But uh, there's a part where there's a judge and um, there's two different nameplates for him. Like in one <laughs> scene, he's like Johnson. And in the next scene, he's like, you know, Anderson. And you're how, like, how did they screw that up? Right. Um, or Or like the Game of Thrones Starbucks cup. There's some things yeah. that are super yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. mistakes, uh-huh. and those are the on those are on the nose. Or I think the Game of Thrones ones that I found was I was pausing and hitting play like in rapid fire succession because mm-hmm. I just got bored, and all of a sudden I realized that all the characters were suddenly completely off of the of their seats when mm-hmm. they were watching like the little show. Yeah, they were gone. They're completely. They, they gone. were back at their trailers chilling out yeah. while they filmed that. Yeah, yeah. and then I'm like. I was, and, and, and I'm like, yes, I've struck gold, you know, because <laughs> I found one that's super on the nose. This is clearly a mistake. One of my favorite uh, Game of Thrones outtakes, one of my favorite outtakes we've ever done um, was the Starbucks Cup one after that oh episode God, happened. That got me. I, yeah. I said, hey, I don't think there's I think the I think the audio is off here. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I don't understand what's what's going on here. I was like, you're like, per- look closer. <laughs> I Yeah. No, I, I love that that probably flew by some people because I like things 
this is maybe an insight to my personality. I like when the audience has to work for something just a little bit because there's a satisfaction when you get it. Yeah. Yeah, And in in the puzzle. And so I spent, I actually edited that outtake and I spent a lot of time shading that cup, making it, you know, because, because the, the scene moves. So I had to do movement on the cup so that it stayed on the table. And like, it was, it was one of the most intense editing things I've ever done for an outtake (laughs) because I wanted it, because I wanted it not to be noticeable unless you found it, you know? Is this a good time to talk about outtakes? Sure. Go ahead. Those are hard for me. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, I I think, Probably because I don't, I haven't come from being such a movie lover that I've watched so much film and so much TV. Sure. And I'm not the kind of person who keeps all that in my mind. I've never, ever been been the person who can like quote a movie. Well, you don't you know? even know who sings your favorite songs. I totally forget who they are. Yeah. But I know they're there. <laughs> and that's all that matters. I can hum a tune. <laughs> but there's like this, I don't know, it's just part of my thing. I enjoy it. I'm a consumer. I'm done with it. And I mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. That's just my personality. You're what's called normal. <laughs> oh, is it? I don't know. I've always known people, though, who can quote movies and just reference the directors and then know all the different things that particular director mm-hmm. did. Yeah. So for me to kind of step into this role, I'm, I'm, I've been and continue to be really intimidated because the caliber of people around me who are those people like i'm just i'm different well you know how much i love movies right yeah. i'm intimidated by how much jeremy and chris and barrett right. know like i just i because i i love movies and i'll know who the director is and i'll know that kind of stuff and i'll be able to recall scenes but i cannot recall movie quotes the way they do. A lot of the outtakes I write, I have to search for. But at least you like go in, like you go in there and you can have a conversation. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go grab a taco and <laughs> find a bathroom. I'll see you guys in t- five hours when you're done talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not great with movie quotes. Um, and I think, I think we all have our, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all have our strengths and weaknesses as far as movie trivia goes and whatnot. Because um, I mean, Aaron, you're obviously, you, you watch a lot more current, I think, Correct. than any of us. Yes. I think it's uh, true because you're also a critic and right. you're on, you know, but, and then I think maybe Chris and I with the classics are a little stronger in some areas. I I'm, I'm, I've always, I guess I'm always called the horror guy. Uh-huh. Um, Interesting. So we, we, yeah. And then Jeremy's, you know, the sci-fi guy. And I think I'm kind of in the crew becoming the animation guy. I feel like I'm getting writing on a lot of animation stuff. I yeah. feel like I am too. Maybe it's because. I I do enjoy animation more. So maybe yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. And I also don't mind it because then I can pre-watch what my kid's going to watch in the future. Can I go, yeah, I want you to watch that. Or no, that's a piece of crap. And you're <laughs> never watching that one. But I think I'm finding my groove. Like there are some outtakes that I will do mm-hmm. that are different. Like I, I wrote on one that I can't talk about. <laughs> this is going to be hard. I'm going to have to work this out. I, I wrote on one. And the feedback that I got was, we don't normally do like bonus round or outtake like this, mm-hmm. but I liked it. And so let's see if it goes someplace. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's kind that's of That's out now. Is that's, it? That, that video came out. It comes out this week that we're recording this. Oh, so. okay. I guess we'll talk about that next week. We will yeah. talk about that, that next week. But I do want to tell this story because it's, it's one of my favorite Danae things so far with her uh, working is she yeah. invented the bonus round uh, without knowing it. She she did a thing on. I didn't oh, invent the bonus round. Well, you did it without knowing it. That's what I'm oh, saying. You, you said, didn't I know that the bo- a bonus round. Well, you didn't know the bonus round was a thing. No, I didn't. So you invented the bonus round in your world. Like it was something. Like you were like, "How do you do this?" There's all these things that are the same thing. That was I don't for know. Men in Black. That was for the Men in Black with the clicker. Yeah. Um, and you were like, "Here's all the timestamps for all the times there's a click." I don't know God, what to do with this. It's like 
it's like back then the clicker was the coolest thing <laughs> and so they just kept showing it and i'm like god how many times and when it got to four or five i'm like i'm gonna keep track of how if this keeps going i'm gonna keep track and i was pretty impressed at the end how many times there were clicks That's, and it's not something we do often and it doesn't always work i know i know aaron and i tried to do one for um was that wrinkle in time it was yeah because it was that kid kept saying they kept saying that kid's full oh, name. oh yeah he every time they mentioned him it was his full name <laughs> <laughs> but, then it, but then it just didn't really but then when, when, when you when you played it it just didn't really work which right. then i feel bad because the editors have gone through the trouble of putting all this together and they were like thank you but yeah you uh, do no. have to think about it because like for in ben and black for example when when i did that it was do i make it one joke because and where do you put it you know at the beginning like something mm-hmm. snarky like god i hope this doesn't keep going like right. how many times it's going to happen right. and then just like a let's just fast forward and see how many and then you just kind of put them all in the right. script somewhere and it didn't really fit anywhere and so i was talking with i think I think it was Barrett. I think it was Chris. Chris. Yeah. I was talking with Chris about it and he said, oh, this is a bonus round. I'm like, what does that mean? Go <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Here's all the timestamps. And, and it ended up working out. So then for Fantastic Beasts, which I'll talk more about next episode, because there's mm-hmm. a I, I did I did two bonus rounds and I don't think one of them made it. And I'll talk about the one that didn't make it next episode. But um, I, I was I had that in my mind again going oh my gosh, if this happens a whole bunch, I'll just keep track again. And so maybe instead of doing outtakes, I'm more of that person. I don't know. I just, outtakes are harder for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll just randomly think of something, even though it doesn't really fit with what's going on. Hmm. I, I've fallen in love with the outtakes. They're some of my favorite yeah, things. Uh, now, um, I just did one that is my favorite outtake I've ever done. Uh, it wasn't even a video. Can I re- you talk about it? Or yeah, I can. It was from a couple weeks ago. Actually, it was from a month ago that became a couple weeks ago because it got held up for a long time. Um, but I didn't even write on the video, but I was editing the video. And as I was editing the video, I was like, I have to do this outtake. So I added my own outtake. Uh, and it was uh, Split was the movie. And in order to keep his multiple personalities in check, they have this flash, you know, that flashes him and it just like shakes him into another personality. Mm-hmm. So I intercut that with Jimmy Stewart from um, from Rear Window using <laughs> you know, his camera. Yeah. I, see, I just that kind of stuff it just makes me smile. It makes me giggle. The idea that James McAvoy is coming after, you know, Jimmy Stewart and he's using his camera flash to stop him. Um, I but- also love that in the comments, there's always people who leave really fun sins or their own like outtake moments Mm -hmm. you know people just jumping in and adding their own things that they noticed i I, it blows my mind they're like how did you miss this and i'm like how did i miss that i have no (laughs) idea (laughs) well we hope to actually honor some of those here that's one of the things we will do uh on this show is if you leave a comment in one of the videos or send it directly to us even you can do that we'll see it quicker that way um of a sin we missed or something like that we are we love that stuff or or a sin we were wrong about that's fun kind of to talk about sometimes too you know okay Hey guys, sure. I know now that there were curling irons in the medieval times. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my sin and I apologize. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Uh, then there's other stuff that we will argue back on and say, no, I think you're wrong about that. No, but... Nani was abusive accidentally. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get there, though, this is going to be, uh, I think, one of our greatest sections. We're wrapped up on Paddington 2, right? Like We didn't have oh, yeah. anything. It's just such a great It moment. was delightful. Exactly. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I talk. Wow. Is this how Aaron feels? When we're. Okay, we're going to try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. So we're going to move on to uh, one of my favorite sections of the podcast, even though it's the first time we've ever done it. Uh, (laughs) We're calling this Keeping Tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. This is an insight into the research we do (laughs) while doing the Sins video. Each of us have chosen a couple of the tabs uh, that we actually had opened while researching our Sins videos. From this past week. From this past week. So let's just kind of go around uh, until we've all shared all our most embarrassing Google searches. Uh, Danae, I'm going to let you start. What did you search for? I don't think that this is embarrassing, but um, because I only wrote on Seinfeld for this week. So Uh those are the only things that I kind of had popped up on my window. I had uh, I learned that bubble raves popularity began in the 90s. I was really convinced (laughs) from watching that. I was like, that's stupid. Bubble raves are totally like the 2000s. But no, it's from the 90s. And so I went down a rabbit hole of research. When was the bubble rave invented? Yes. I. When was Bubble Rave invented was my Google search. And then I went down this click trail of learning about it. And then I had the the terrible realization that Jerry Seinfeld dancing would have been the kind of dances that were the Bubble Raves. And (laughs) that just freaked me out. So I wrote a sin about that. Man, nightclubs will think of weirder and weirder things to to get people in the door. Let's cover the dance floor in bubbles. Yeah. And I remember because I used to watch like the um, like crime shows. There was like a crime show where somebody got like stepped on with a stiletto heel and died in a bubble rave, Uh which is the first time I ever saw one on TV. Um, (sighs) Just a weird side note. Uh, What do you what do you got? What's uh, what's a tab that you had open? I didn't really pull up much on Seinfeld. Well, yeah, we only had like 15 cents each (laughs) on Seinfeld. I think Janae is now the Seinfeld expert of the <laughs> of the pilot episode. Uh, but no, but um, one I did want to mention just because this is like one of because we had talked about also with the first episode we might talk about stuff from the past. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Yeah, because we um, we never done that. we have never done I, those. There's one I just I have always wanted to tell this story. So um, 
I don't even remember what the video was, but there was a puppet in the video, and I thought I had remembered a line from like a movie or a TV show or something. Like this is what Aaron was talking about. We have to research these lines because we're not always great with the quotes. But I thought I had remembered some line about puppet sex. <laughs> and me being a idiot, <laughs> oh, Googled puppet sex. And, um, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. That's a thing. <laughs> That's what you said when it popped up on the screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that like, is a thing. Oh, no. I, I got out of that so quickly. And this was back when I was still not quite doing this full time and I hadn't gotten my new computer. And so I was actually on my work laptop. I remember that as well. So I remember, God, I hope they don't really monitor this stuff. God, but, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, like we're going to go to jail. Really weird, uh, that would have been a weird meeting with the boss. I probably just would have been like, yeah, I'm done. I'll see you guys later. Uh, but yeah, so puppet sex is a thing. Don't Google it. Uh, I will tell you, we've all had that initial feeling when working for CinemaSins and writing within the first couple weeks where we have this recognition of the things we're Googling. Like you don't think about it for whatever reason until you're a couple scripts in and it's like, wait, wait a second. I like, I'm not an incognito window. I'm not, I'm just Googling stuff for research. Not good. Barrett has has tweeted many times. Like he'll be like, you know, he's like editing the podcast today. I'm pretty sure the FBI is going to be on my front door (laughs) for my for my Google searches or whatever Uh, research. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, My first one uh, I'm going to go with is from the uh, Princess and the Frog uh, video. Um, I wanted to make a joke about uh, the side character adjusting her top. And uh, so I searched for a fancy word for boobs. Uh, <laughs> what would you find? Decolletage. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yes, the decolletage. So there's a sin that mentions decolletage. So smart. But if you if you uh, if you Google words for boobs, you're going to find a lot of interesting phrases that people use for breasts. I was just thinking my mom used to call a bra the over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Yeah, I've heard that one. That's from a movie, isn't it? (laughs) I remember when she told me that, she was laughing so hard. And then I I thought, she really is thinking this is funny, and I don't know what she's talking about. All right, Danae, you got another one? Uh, Yeah, I've actually got a couple of more. I'm going to, I'll save the other Seinfeld one for later, because um, uh, Jonathan, yours reminded me of one of the first Google searches where I be came very aware that I needed to start searching an incognito and or get one of those, what are those like uh, things that protect your IP address? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a VPN. Um, it was for Game of Thrones. And my search was how long does it take, how long does the body pulse blood after being flayed? <laughs> <laughs> I literally typed that in. Because there was this one thing, which it didn't even it didn't even make the cut. But there was this one moment where, you know, the flayed man or whatever. And he had just like, you know, flayed a whole bunch of people and it kind of zooms in. And there's this river of blood kind of coming off of the the neck region. And I'm thinking this guy is like dead. How long is he going to pulse blood? And it was like I'm looking at it going like that's kind of that's just silly. And then in the combine process, which Aaron kind of talked about, we take our scripts, we take our jokes and everything, and you know, somebody moves it into like one script and we mm-hmm. all make notes on it. And one of the notes on that one was, well, if he was just recently flayed, he probably still has blood. Like, this is the conversations that we're having. <laughs> yes. And that one really, and there were several about Game of Thrones that I was like 
right. looking at specifically. Like I'm you're like, a serial real? killer. Yeah. yeah. If somebody looks at your searches, they're like, oh, there's a serial killer I'm gonna here. I'm going to murder my husband yeah. soon. And it's going to be gross, <laughs> you know? So I just need to know how long he's going to pulse blood after I fillet him. <laughs> or I already have. And I'm just wondering how long is this <laughs> yeah, going to last? How long is this going to last? That's right. That's the position you're in. You're like, how long do I have to put up with Gosh, this? So it's just messy. Oh, man. Anyway, that was mine. Do you have another one, Jonathan? Yeah. So we were. I was working on a script actually last week. We, we actually occasionally do uh do uh do backup videos i don't, I don't know how much how we're supposed how much we can talk about that but there, you know occasionally we can't release a video for well you were talking about uh split got delayed for a while yeah yeah and uh so one i was working on that i can't say and i don't even know when or if it'll come out but um there was a there was a very strong focus on on a neck in the scene and i don't did you guys watch ally mcbeal Yes. Oh God! Unfortunately, yes. So I so I googled Richard Fish and neck waddle fetishes <laughs> uh, because Greg German's character was, uh, and maybe it was because Greg German was in this movie. I can't remember, but Greg German's character on the show uh, was had a neck waddle fetish. Right. Yeah. I couldn't remember what he what they actually called it. I kept wanting to say goiter, and I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what a word. <laughs> yeah, that's a great word. So uh, that was uh, probably my weirdest one from nice. last week. Yeah. Um, do you guys have other ones? Uh, yeah, I have one more for Seinfeld. All right. Then I, I will just because I've got three more. So um, I'll just do one of those and then I'll finish with the, the other two on my next turn. Um, one of the other ones I did was top 10 grossest English foods. Uh, this was for the Paddington video, and I just wanted to make fun of the UK for something. And so... Uh, What'd you find? Jellied eels. Gross! <laughs> so, oh. yeah. So, it, it, there's there's a list. Apparently, the British like some gross stuff. Jellied eel? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that Did that make the joke? Was the jellied eel yeah. reference? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's so. in there. Yeah, because I did that. I worked on that edit. I have a hard time watching someone I haven't actually seen the movie. Like, I never saw Princess and the Frog, and I haven't seen Paddington. So, I'm right. like... I don't want to watch The Sins because then I'll be ruined on it before I have my own experience. You? I know. That doesn't sound like you. Oh, it's totally like me. You would, ne- but I'm just, no, what I mean is I'm saying you're never going to watch those movies. I know. <laughs> you don't want. That's, that's one thing about Jeremy. Um, you know, I, it's amazing. Like, I, I mean, he, I think he calls himself out for this, but uh, he, uh, he doesn't all, he hasn't because he has to narrate every video so every single one whether he's seen the movie or not so he, i can't imagine how many movies have been ruined for him but i don't think he cares no that, that doesn't seem to really bother him but Pro- give um, me give me another that year would drive i probably me won't crazy. care crazy yeah. yeah oh it totally would drive me crazy because if i have to work on it because you know uh if i have to work on an edit and i'm not writing the script i'll watch the movie if i haven't seen it just right oh I wow you know a it helps because you know where scenes fall right but uh b i don't want it you know I just don't want the movie to be ruined. Yeah, I've done the same thing, although I'm wondering if I'm going to change that because one thing I've noticed about TV Sins, uh, we're writing on one uh, right now uh, that I haven't seen any of. And uh, I kind of like... I've actually done a couple things where I've predicted things that are going to happen in the episode that then happen in the episode. And I like that that's authentic, that I'm not reverse engineering that, you know, because we could totally do that and there wouldn't be anything wrong with that, actually. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things where there's something interesting about watching something for the first time and not knowing where it's going. Um, it can be frustrating because sometimes you have to delete great sins you wrote because the, the show or movie actually does go there. Um, and that, that does happen, but there's also something kind of interesting about it too, because 
I think you are more aware of things that are missing. So well, and I think TV TV sends is really going to be get interesting because we're mostly doing pilots. Mm-hmm. So at least in that scenario, we're only watching the first episode, and we tend to not unless we tend to not try to talk about. That was kind of one of our rules early on was not getting too much into future episodes. Well, the idea is the narrator is is somebody who hasn't seen it before. Exactly. That is that is yeah. what we're operating on. So we will make clever jokes about things that happen in the future in a way yes. that the narrator could have said them without knowing they. Happen. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're the written whole, by like, me. The, the, so glad he'll be around. <laughs> yeah. You know? That kind of thing. Um, yeah. But, but but once we get into like, and we did this with Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones was a show that uh, since we were skipping around, and since I felt like it made more sense to, it, it would help me write to know what was going on, and also not wanting to be spoiled because so many people had talked about this show. I, I ended up watching the entire series as we were setting it. And I don't know that I can do this every time. Like if we, you know, once we start getting into like future episodes. Yeah. And it also helps when one of us knows the show. Uh, we try to, we try to get a show at least one of us knows something about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if we do make these jokes about future stuff, it's good to know. I know Arrow was one that I had seen quite a few seasons of. And I remember Chris wrote a sin about him being the only one on the island. And I was like, well, actually, he's not the only one on the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but a, none it's of a tricky us had line seen to walk it, We probably would have left that in there. Well, and honestly, that's one of the reasons they didn't do TV Sins for a long time, is that the yeah. idea of, you know, how much information there is there and that, you know, that we would get called on a lot of that. All right, Danae, what else you got? Um, The other one that I researched for Seinfeld was... Um, well, my Google search exactly was, was it considered sexy to take off shoes in the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> because there's this moment whenever the love interest, potential love interest yes. finally appears and she sits down on the couch and she removes her shoes and I the totally audience goes, ooh. Yeah, I totally noticed that. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't figure out a way. I mean, I could have sent it, but I was like, you know. I couldn't like kind of find my way into that one. No, it's fine. In the end, it's about her getting comfortable. And that whole scene is about her giving all sorts of signals that she's into him and then telling them, him the that he has light goes off and she wants wine, wine and she and, takes her shoes yeah, off. Yeah. And then she gets because a call from her fiance. if you take your shoes off, I mean, the shoes you, off. Want, you want to have sex, right? Right. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what that means. Yeah. Well, and Jerry does it too. So that's it's the like thing. Everyone yeah. at the pool, everyone at a pool wants to have sex, apparently. <laughs> all like, of them. Yeah. And then Jerry's like, Oh, cue taken. I'll also take off my shoes. And I'm like, is this like foreplay? What is, is this 90s foreplay? That would have been the joke. Yeah. So there it like, is. Though, in that scene, though, I love the way he answers the phone. Is it's it like, when he slaps like, it? Yeah, he oh, kind of yeah. smacks it up yeah. so it pops up in his hand. Yeah. I remember when you had to find ways to like answer the phone cool because it was so boring to just sit in one place. Remember cords? Remember cords? Yeah. Remember, remember phones and houses? And by the way, my Google search did not yield very many results that were helpful <laughs> in that regard. God, yeah. that would have been so fascinating. I probably should have done some like, like endless articles like of some sort of like etiquette for showing your interest in someone that were written in the 90s that would be available on the Internet somewhere. Well, foot fetishes are definitely a thing. So I'm surprised it didn't lead you down that road. Are you going to read the rest of yours all like in succession? Or sure, you Jonathan, did you later? have any more before um, I read the rest no, of No, not really. I had to do like some weird research on the publication history of Teen Vogue. but um, mm, That's fun. Huh. That's yeah, good. Yeah, that was fun. But yeah, nothing that can top puppet sex or waddle fetishes. So uh, I'll just end on, I, I, I did a search for can you get jail time for a bad haircut? 
um, which was a part of the Paddington script. Uh, the answer is that you you can if it's considered emotional abuse. Yeah. Uh, is that true? Yeah, there's a story right now in the news of a dad who didn't like that his daughter put highlights in her hair. And so he forcefully cut all of her hair off. Wow. And she's been removed from his home and might be lost his job and might be looking at jail time for yeah. emotional abuse. So, yeah. You know, I feel really bad for that that kid but at the same time when i hear stories like that i realize i'm doing all right like i'm a <laughs> i'm a i'm a fairly yeah. normal dad and i'm i'm doing okay i i don't feel all that normal after this google search uh <laughs> this google search was for princess in the frog the google search is how sensitive are cloaca um because What's a cloaca <laughs> oh, that is so funny because Chris, that stems from the sin cast though, it does right? stem for, it, yeah. it does stem originally from the sin cast and them talking about uh amphibious reproductive organs it was, well it was if kermit and miss piggy could have sex right yeah so the cloaca in the amphibian is both the reproductive opening and the excrement opening so it's a, a dual purpose opening and that's called a cloaca right that's someone's fetish <laughs> boy i hope not um but there's a joke in in uh, the princess and the frog where he's like that's below the belt but he's a frog and i'm like <laughs> if you get kicked in the crotch as a frog, does it actually hurt? Like, you know, it's, he doesn't have testicles. Like, you, you know. You really Google search that? Yes. <laughs> like, as if there's some sort of science research right. center that has kicked frogs well, in the I mean, groin. That's the thing. It's like a weird You don't a know our audience. Of, yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, a weird I piece don't. of dialogue will just stick in your head. And you have to. That's, that's where these searches come from. Because you're just like, is that even possible? Yeah. Oh, like, that why remi- would a frog say that? That reminds me on the uh, Handmaid's Tale one. I did. I did do a Google search for pig brushing. Yes. Which is a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. And and that reminded like I went down this whole bunny trail of then watching videos of people brushing pigs. Here's my thing that, that I realized after doing this Google search uh, is that if somebody <laughs> without context sees a Google search for how sensitive are cloaca, they're not going to think it's about getting kicked in the groin. No, they're going no. to think it's about sexual stimulation. Of course. And I just I it was one of those moments where I was like, you, your Google search should have been ouchy are, cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like people are going to think I'm abusing frogs. <laughs> Ouchie, ouchie, cloaca. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the uh, comment section. We'll each uh, pick a comment yeah. or two, just whatever you guys researched uh, that you want to bring to the table. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. Jonathan, we'll start with you this time. What's a comment you saw? In the Seinfeld, there was a uh, one from... Are we going to say who they are? Yeah, or? yeah, that's fine. Okay, this was... It looks like this was JS. It's just J period, S period. It says, dead spot on review, in my honest opinion. Honestly, I don't know how this show was greenlighted after this pilot. It's horrible. Then again, most TV at the time was worse, so there's that. And what that did was that made me think, what actually what actually was out in 1989? Because I'm right. thinking, was TV really that bad? And it is. this is what premiered in 1989. Oh, interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, and this, uh, The Simpsons. Okay. We did that. You're right. Uh, Coach. Okay. Quantum Leap. It's great. Tales from the Crypt. Wow. Doogie Howser. Saved by the Bell. Baywatch, Family Matters, The Arsenio Hall Show. 1989, FTW. Major Dad and Cops. And so, I mean, this is like, these are are shows that really took up, like, became like 90s staples. Some of them are still on TV. 
And then also a couple I just mentioned just for my own personal alienation, which is one of those shows that I've never understood why it only lasted a season. It was so great. I don't know if either one of you ever watched that. And then Agatha Christie's Poirot, which is just a Poirot. I'm an Agatha Christie nut. So oh, um, good for then, you. And then also that year uh, shows that ended uh, family ties, uh, moonlighting, Miami Vice, Kate and Allie, and The Equalizer. So I actually thought that was a pretty good year for television. Yeah, that's a decent year for TV. Yeah. Very interesting. Danae, what do you got? Uh, I'll do Seinfeld too. DP91 said, I appreciate that you guys are still tough, even on stuff you enjoy when it's deserved. I forgot how mediocre the pilot of this was compared to the genius that is later in later episodes after it came into its own. Yeah. And I appreciated this one because it does indicate that Seinfeld got better and a lot of the comments actually did say you know right thank god it got better and a lot of people loving that you know we sinned that Elaine wasn't in this episode and stuff yeah. like that but I appreciated that comment like we are tough on stuff even if we liked it later on yeah yeah so that's a good comment uh this one comes from Ouija corn too uh this is from uh the uh princess and the frog and kind of speaks to some of the things we talked about for ages i've wondered what you have against musicals but since you said keith david has the worst voice i can assume you have no ears so all is forgiven (laughs) (laughs) see this is the thing that's a funny way exactly if you could come back at us and be hilarious like that i'm totally on board yeah so and there was some and i i won't i won't use this one because you just did the keith david thing keith david has a big fan base oh yeah uh, there were many sure. but the, i had one where i copied where they said they expected a 14 page essay on their desk <laughs> about how you were wrong about what you said about keith david <laughs> yeah exactly and that was baby doll five nice um, and i i do love some keith david but i've i've never really been like oh keith david's a great singer I've, that's never been something that's popped in my head but that's uh, funny because i the princess frog uh princess and the frog comment that i picked was um from me that's the name of the person is me wait am i the only one that loved the music in this movie the jazzy swingy feel really buttered my egg roll (laughs) (laughs) and i had never heard that like and i want to use buttered my egg roll in my real everyday life now nice because that's so funny i remember reading that one that was great (laughs) yeah that had a lot of comments or a lot of likes the only other one that uh, I noted was one that I just bring up, not because it's hilarious, but because I think yeah, I appreciate it when somebody goes to the next level of detail than we do. And this is from Megan Powell uh, about the Paddington video it says, got to add a sin to the channel. Mr. Brown throws a coconut shy ball, not a coconut. And uh, because in the video we say he throws a coconut <laughs> and she's right. She's absolutely right. Uh, that is not a coconut that he throws. Uh, and I wish we were doing this podcast back when we did Lilo and Stitch because we would be apologizing about the ukulele <laughs> so hardcore because of the comments. That's funny. Uh, you guys have any more? Uh, on Paddington, I actually had two uh, because we were talking earlier, you know, it was harder to send that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Noodles Lightwood 3 said 50 Shades, 1,155 cents. Paddington, 89. <laughs> I had that one down, too. That was great. It was just yes. so funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, maybe Paddington Toon's a better movie than Fifty maybe, Shades. Maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. Uh, I had another one for Paddington, too. Um, this one was from Kellen DeVries, and it was a question about the script. So uh-huh. maybe one we can answer. She said, or, or I'm not, I guess I shouldn't assume it's just she. Kellen, I did the same thing with the Megan, so. Kellen asked, was the, quote, simple matter of weight ratios, quote, a reference to Monty Python and the oh, Holy Grail? Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've actually used that reference several times uh, in scripts. Uh, I do a lot of Monty Python. Yeah, well, I, yeah. It is. It is one of my like. I've got the whole movie memorized movies, and so it's it's going to pop up in in my brain. But that anytime a bird or anything is carrying something they shouldn't be carrying, I'm going to talk about. You know, <laughs> it, it must be the uh, the African you know goose Swallow instead of the European whatever. yeah or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's just a simple matter of weight ratio is definitely a reference. For but sure. like halfway through the Game of Thrones run, I even sent in an email out. I said, we've got to stop doing Monty Python. <laughs> I remember you <laughs> saying true. that. It's true. Every, every video yeah, we had a Monty Python out. It's, it's because it was too. perfect. <laughs> I know. I mean, it was like, it's like we got to think of something else. It's we're like seven degrees of. They're literally pie, piling dead people on a cart. <laughs> How can you know, not like, do think... bring out your dead? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like right after I said that, like the next one, yes. I even was like, "Oh, now I can't put one in." Yeah. Jonathan, did you have any more? Um, well, uh, Barrett really ticked off D and D players uh, with that Taylor Swift video. Did you guys? Did you see this? No, no but I'm a D and D player. Do tell. Well, there is a scene where she has like it's like this. She's like sitting at this table singing, and there's just all this random stuff on the table, and there's this bowl of dice, and there's just a ton of dice. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote this said, "What human being has this kind of a need for dice?" <laughs> and then so all these people, all these D and D players came out. So Ingessa said, "As it, I think that's how that's pronounced." As a D and D player, I take offense to this. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Dragon Fox said, uh, "What kind of human being has this kind of a need for dice?" Me, D and D players, aka me. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, somebody wrote. Honestly, and this was the Taylor Swift video too. Honestly, feels like you did zero research because you wanted to get it out fast. But I will say for Barrett, I don't know if any of us do as much research as that man. Oh does. man, he is he is the <laughs> research king. He really is. So that that is definitely one thing you never have to worry about. Now he might be wrong. But, <laughs> no, he but is he wrong. Did the research. I'm I'm literally within arm's reach of an entire giant container of dice. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious it's true <laughs> it's sitting right here and you're well, not a D player maybe he needs to come on and talk about his google search he keeps a lot of dice yeah <laughs> probably somebody named dicer i i would guess uh in my oh, case that's, that's a oh is that why you have the dice I, people just give me dice yes yeah and i actually rated his dice container when i started up this most recent D campaign i'm you like did. i need a lot of d6 and i just dumped them all out and started <laughs> grabbing ones that spoke to me um i have to say i missed that whole part of the taylor swift music video and so in the comment section and so i'm super excited to be connecting with um fans of cinema sins work and also the D crossover world that's so exciting oh yeah it's no so d- awesome that you do that i i've never i don't think i've ever played D. um i played there was some card game i played in college i just i don't know that's one thing i've never been able to let my imagination get to well maybe this place. will be a good transition to the next uh segment if if we're done with comments sure yeah let's move on yeah, let's uh, do it. we're gonna finish off with a thing called beyond the sins to infinity and beyond somewhere beyond my wild history to boldly go where no man has gone before this is basically an opportunity for each of us to talk about something that uh, that we've seen recently. So. so I'll just take that natural progression and just say uh, one of the things about me is I do love playing D&D and something um, else out in the pop culture world that I'm super enjoying. And most people who play D&D probably know about already sure. is the critical role universe. And so if you are on YouTube and you enjoy watching people play D&D, they do a lot of fun stuff over on their channel, um, which is 
very very popular. There's actually quite a few really great the, it's channels a out there. Booming industry. Yeah. I, a lot of a lot of the people that I pay attention to and that I like are doing them. Um, I would say I'm probably close to leveling into super fan for Critical Role. You know, for me, watching a TV show or a movie is one thing. The the script's already written. But when you're watching people play D&D, you just, you never know what's going to happen because it's all about chance and dice roll and you never know how someone's going to play their character. And so for me, this is like a huge passion of mine. So that was actually going to be the thing that I was going to talk about today. So it's just a perfect transition. So that's the Critical Role podcast and Uh, Critical Role on YouTube. Yeah, Critical Role on YouTube, Twitch, they do all of that. You can just search for Critical Role. And um, I have only watched season two, or, or I should say campaign two. They all started working together in campaign one, which I haven't watched because I've just got into... Uh, their uh, second campaign. I don't want to go back over into a pre-existing one just yet. So I've been enjoying them for, I don't know, a year now. Do you remember when I started? It was about a year ago. Yeah. That you started bugging me about them. Yeah. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. Is that what they're called? The games are called campaigns? Uh, Yeah. That's yeah. like the whole journey adventure. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's a, every group probably could call it something different but campaign is very the most common i think is it critical? so can you get knocked out of a campaign and like you're just done and you have to wait till the next one starts it depends on the dungeon master yeah yeah <laughs> i know i know nice. we're going there no you no, can, no 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 it's fine this is just not something i know much about you could also have you could also start a new character in the same campaign right it depends on the, the dungeon, person running know, the but, game but yeah. yes and a lot of times like you can just the the campaign for example that i'm playing right now the the dm has very specifically said i i will play i will roll the dice if your character dies it dies i'm not going to apologize for it i'm not trying to kill you but i kind of am at the same time so you might want to have a backup character ready <laughs> so i'm doing the very best i can to not get very attached to my my tune yeah i call them tunes that's because i used to role play online in the 90s <laughs> so that's a little bit about me if you guys are um people who love D, let me know i would love to find my people's Critical Role. Critical Role. R-O-L-E, R-O-L-L. R-O-L-L. Okay. And oh, those who that's already... That's like something Dicer would come up with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Critical Role. R-O-L-E? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but both critical... are... When you said I'm just kidding, it's Critical Role. Both would be pronounced Critical right. Role. I apologize. It's R-O-L-E. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought it might be R-O-L-E because that's really clever. That's, you know, that's yeah. interesting because you're talking about the roll of the dice and then you're... Yes. And then when you roll a 20, it's a Critical Role. Yeah. So now that I'm on the same page with you... Yeah. It's Critical R-O-L-E. That's the channel. Very nice. Jonathan, what's your Beyond the Sin? I, I, I had a few things. I, I think I'm going to talk about Child's Play. <laughs> Good. That'll uh, go the, with mine as well. So. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I haven't okay. seen it yet. Um, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I don't think you're going to like it very much since you're not really into horror movies. I mean, you could, though. You never know. But um, <laughs> I don't know how much I liked it. I, I found it really interesting. I, I've never been able to figure out where I am on these reboot remakes. I'm all, I'm kind of like you, Aaron, um, with, you know, let's just see the movie. But at the same time, it does feel like a lot of these are fairly pointless and probably never should have existed. And especially with these horror movies. But Child's Play is interesting because if you've watched the original... Uh, which have either of you seen the original? I haven't seen any of the Child's Play movies. I know, all, you know, I know about Chucky. I know kind of what's, oh, eat, yeah. you know, seeped into pop culture. But no, I haven't seen any of them. 
Me either. So the original is very much in the vein of like a Universal Monsters movie, which a lot of the 80s like slashers and stuff, you have like these bigger than life monsters like Jason, Freddy, Chucky, Pinhead, whatever. And so it kind of fits into that realm. And it's, you know, there's voodoo and there's supernatural shenanigans. And, you know, like I already said, the bigger than life monster with Chucky. It also uh, weirdly plays at first, even though I think even when they when Child's Play came out, they previewed it, and on the poster, they made it very clear that it was going to be the doll. But uh, yeah. the first like half of that movie plays like a murder mystery. Like maybe oh, it's somebody else doing the killing, which is really weird. But anyways, but that's the kind of movie it is. But then in the new one, they actually take it in a completely different direction, and they actually uh, uh, made a movie that makes sense in 2019. Um, I made a joke the other day with somebody that I thought the... Uh, the tagline for it could have been don't fuck with the nest because it's very much about uh, technology and uh, uh, people's fear of technology. Yeah. And the idea that there's these things like the nest that can control everything. Mm-hmm. And so what if one of those things decided to uh, do its own thing? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, maybe trap you in a building or whatever and play around. And that's kind of where this one goes. Now I, I have a hard time buying that this would all be in a, in a, kids doll would be like the core uh outlet for all of this like the doll would control everything i yeah, don't that know seems why like a weird we would place to, to put your control um, unit yeah yeah that'd be kind of that that seemed kind of odd but but that's what it does and also and, and outside of that so it outside of that uh mark hamill um who we've who if anybody's watched the batman animated series and stuff knows the guy's great he can do some really good voice work he's awesome um he his voice work makes him makes the doll extremely creepy. Yeah. Um, in a good way. Like in a, you know, in a, like a, in a fun way, I guess. Well, he's become um, kind of the go-to guy for creepy voice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And cause he did the Joker, I guess on the, mm-hmm. on the Batman series and in a lot of the animated movies and, and whatnot. And he's, that's a lot of people even say that he's their favorite Joker. So like I said, I don't know how much I liked it, but I, I, I will say as far as one of these reboot, reboot remakes go, at least they, they they tried for something different. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they could, they're completely successful, but I appreciated the attempt. Which, with as bland as a lot of these uh, franchise films have been this summer, um, this was kind of a nice, uh, at least uh, a little bit of a different take on something. And um, I don't know. So you know, take from that what you will. It is extremely gory at towards the end, especially. I figured uh, for anyone that is not a fan of that, I'm not a huge gore person, so I was not. That's part of it. I didn't really care for. Don't take your kid. I've been seeing a <laughs> lot of that actually. My wife was just talking about how she got a text from her sister, or yeah, sister that. They were in uh, child's play and mom brought in like her four young kids. And it's just like, I think I, I wonder if there's some cross confusion with Toy Story 4. You know, I if I there's I, sorry, I, I just got so angry. I decided not to talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I just got so mad. I decided not to talk. Oh. I was like, oh, I can't handle that. <laughs> What about kids going to see? Yeah, I just, but I'm super sensitive in that way. Like when I was growing up, my mom and dad, or my mom took me to see like some Disney movie about a bear. Yeah. But it was like a brother bear. Brother bear, maybe. I don't remember, but it was like a live one. And they had this moment where the bear attacks, there was like a bear attack or something. And then there was like 
And, and we were so disrupted by that in our poor little spirits, our little sensitive spirits that we got up and left. And my mom apologized all the way home that we had to Aww. see such violence. A lot of it's just knowing your kid, too. I mean, you gotta know I, I, would, your kids. I, mean, I would never <laughs> show my daughter anything like this. Just yeah. Because I, I don't think I would anyways, just in general. But I, I um, um, we in our house, just a super quick side note before yours, Aaron, and I'm sorry, because I know we're going long. But like my husband loves watching WWE. Yeah. And uh, I told him, I was like, I just don't want Iris to see it. That's my daughter's. Uh, I don't want Iris to see it. She was about like a little over one mm-hmm. at the time. And he's like, oh, it's fine. And I said, no, just pause it when we come into the room. Pause it. We'll walk through the room. You know, yeah. let you have your your TV time. You don't have to, you have to not watch it, but we'll just not be in the room. And there was this one particular day. It was on for a couple of minutes before it got paused. And the next day, my daughter choked out another child at daycare. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's probably not supposed to be laughing. Okay, I, I guess I, I am exaggerating slightly in that choked out. It's a little bit extreme. She just, but she did put her hands around another child and she choked him. Uh-huh. And so we got a call from school like, this is really out of character for your daughter. She's usually so sweet. And, and I just immediately called Justin. I'm like, babe, this is the call I just got from her child care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think every parent kind of has that realization <laughs> moment. We were watching like Karate Kid or something and my kids were chopping everything. <laughs> yeah. For the next, you know, six I've, months. I've never had my daughter act out, but I do remember the moment where I realized she was actually paying attention to what I was watching. And she might have been around, I don't know, she might have been like a little over one, but I was watching like it was October and I think I had it like on AMC or something and they were showing like one of the Halloween movies. And I didn't even realize she was in there because I was on my computer. And then all of a sudden I just heard her go, oh no. And then I looked up and it was like a scene where like Michael Myers is like raising up to like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, we need to change this channel. And, uh... <laughs> yep. From killer talking dolls uh, to more friendly talking dolls. Might be on the Sins is Toy Story 4. It's so great. Uh, and I think I saw your tweet, Jonathan, and I, I liked yeah. all of your tweet except for the second sentence. Um, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I know you did. I just didn't I know you it. did. You just said it had nothing new to bring to the table, and I'm thinking of all the things that I thought were you know, new that in that probably movie. A little, that was probably a little... To, I don't know. Anyways, I'm just picking a little bone with you. Just picking a little bone. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. No, I mean, obviously, I've got bias. Like, I'm the, you know, one of the biggest Pixar fans you probably know. Uh, I am, I really am genuinely amazed that they've had this kind of uh, critical, you know, consensus uh, on four movies in a row. Like, it's just, you know, all of them are either 98% or 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, just, sure. it's, I don't think that, that that's, there's no way that's ever happened. I remember you tweeting about that. There's it's no insane. Way. It's, it's just crazy that they've done so well. Uh, this movie is so much fun. It may be the funniest Toy Story movie. I actually watched two and three yesterday. My wife and I did, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, um, and they're great. They're so good. Uh, but I think this one's funnier. And I will say this as well, something new I noticed. Uh, the beginning of Toy Story 3, like the first 30 minutes, almost feel like a prologue to Toy Story 4. Like, there's some stuff mm-hmm. they're dealing with in there. There's a moment where uh, they talk about Bo Peep leaving in Toy Story 3 that is just kind of this throwaway emotional moment that now means so much more after Toy Story 4. Yeah. Um, and just kind of stuff like that where I was like, oh, wow, this universe is really consistent. And it's fascinating because they're nine years apart. Like, you know, it's the fact that Toy Story 3 was like, what, 2010 and this one's 2019. I mean, it's just it's the fact that I still haven't seen the second Toy Story. (laughs) Well, they're 20 and they're 24 years apart. Right. I mean, I mean, from the first. Yeah. Yeah. That that's pretty crazy, too. No, I liked it. I was just trying to basically say, like, it just felt like 
I never like to say that it felt pointless because I hate that when people say that like Dude, this right. movie shouldn't exist. But yeah, but it does. So whatever. Um, <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm never, I'm never going to go that route. But I don't know. Toy Story three, I guess, just felt like a, it felt like a very good wrap up to mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, I think all four of them actually feel like a, a great completion. That's kind of part of the beautiful magic trick is that you know if they end on any one of those, I think it's fine. Um, I will say I liked this ending. My wife hated the ending, Ooh. and I heard a lot. Now, she liked the movie overall, but she really didn't like the ending, um, and we, which we can't really talk about. And I think you would know why somebody wouldn't like yeah, the Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but because all the toys go to the incinerator? <laughs> no, yeah. that's a different one today. Yeah, Chucky shows up. I think yeah. the only other thing I would say uh, to finish out my thoughts on Toy Story 4 is, is some of the best running gags. Uh, I've seen in a movie in a long time. There are several, two, three, maybe even four different running gags throughout this movie that are just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, uh, key, the key and peel. That's uh, one of them for sure. Oh my god! Yeah, and, Keanu, <laughs> uh, and the voice work in this movie is great. Keanu yeah. Reeves, uh, Christina Hendricks, Annie Potts. Oh, it's so good! It's yeah. so good. This is really Woody's movie, and everything. Everybody else is just kind of. I mean. Is just kind of in the background, which is, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I think this series has always been about Woody anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of um, been his journey. He's the one that has Andy on his foot, right? Technically, he has Bonnie on his foot now, but. Who's Bonnie? See, you got to watch the movies. See, this Who's is your. Who's Bonnie? <laughs> Does that intrigue you enough to watch the movies? I should just go Google it. I'm never going to. I should. I will eventually when Iris gets old enough. I'm sure we're going to watch them together. And then I'm going to go on Twitter and be like, oh, now I understand. <laughs> I'm trying on Twitter. I'm yeah. trying. Have you noticed that I've been there more? Yeah. I'm you, trying. You've been yeah, trying to up sure. your Twitter game. It's not Good the job. same. Good job. We're proud of you. We're all proud of you. It's not the same as the Instagram. No Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us at Behind the Sins. Uh, I'm Aaron Dice. You can find me at Aaron Dicer all over the social medias. Danae Hughes, you can find at Danae Says. And Jonathan Watkins at Sam Loomis 13. Uh, we appreciate you being here. And we'll see you next week when uh, actually Barrett Share stepping in to talk a little Behind the Sins. See you then. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Mic snob. <laughs> you don't still like you're on your microphone yet. It'll just keep inching up like five minutes every week until all of a sudden we're starting at 7 a.m. You know? Yeah, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you don't think you can be here by 7 a.m.? No, but I just had this vision of uh, like the um, like some sort of like press release with the three of us sort of like, you know, pictured. And we all have our morning cup of coffee, like just smiling <laughs> like we're some sort of news anchors or something, you know, <laughs> just super cheesy. Behind the Sins AM. <laughs> Good morning, sinners. Oh, you guys both did a radio show? Yeah, we did a live That's show how we together. Met. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, we did radio together. It was awesome. Cool. I mean, the show was awesome and the experience was awesome. The place that we worked, not awesome. <laughs> It had its moments, but it but it was di- it was we, difficult. We won't throw the whole place under the bus. No, no. But there were definitely some things that happened there that I'm more than willing to throw under the bus. Yeah, not just throw it under the bus, but also put it in the wood chopper. Oh, I have anger. I think I still need to work through. <laughs> I really like using the word literally correctly, and I feel like I'm doing a service oh, yeah. to our society that people can see it, it used properly. <laughs>
Nice. It's educational it's for educational you. Educational as well. Yeah, David. David. Speaking of stand-up comics, David Cross, I think, was who had the great bit about that, and it was like you know somebody saying, "I literally shit my pants," and it's like, "So was that a big mess? Did you have to clean that up?" He's like, "No, no, I literally shit my pants." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I saw a ton of concerts like in the 80s and 90s of like the huge bands at that time. And I can still remember spending like $20. Yeah. And, and then if you went and saw, you know, Christian rock concerts, sometimes they'd let you in for free and then take a love offering. So there's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't supposed to record on my end, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> you should, Danae should explain the look on my face that just happened. We both, we both just go. <laughs> I'm oh, actually. We'll, I'm we'll gonna... have uh, Barrett. Barrett's gonna hop in. Oh, I was oh, gonna nice. bring in a puppet. Okay, never mind. Puppet sex? No, Aaron. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? No, I was saying that I would have like a little Jonathan puppet, and now it's weird. Now it's weird forever. Do I need to bring a puppet too? No, God. <laughs> Hi, kids. We're here today to talk to you about those sensitive little koikas. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 